Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm chapter 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Welcome to worship. My name is Josh. I'm excited to really be able to share God's word with you today. I want to wish all the fathers a a happy Father's Day. We're just so thankful to really have faithful men in our lives uh, really demonstrate the love and the care and the kindness and the sacrifice uh, that God has called us to uh, really demonstrate to one another, especially as fathers. And so I uh, want to wish and acknowledge all the fathers out there. We want to celebrate you guys and really thank you guys. Uh, we appreciate everything you do. Um, a few weeks ago, we began a new sermon series on Psalm 20, 23 titled A Song of the Week. And it's extremely fitting uh, in the time that we're in with a lot of uncertainty, uh, a lot of things that are uh, really causing our souls to uh, really not be at ease. Uh, And oftentimes we are a loss of words and we forget uh, what what we have in the Lord and who God is to us. And so Psalm 23 is a song of the weak, and it's a song of confidence, and it's made to comfort us, and it gives us truths about God's love, his care, his kindness, his compassion. And with everything that we're experiencing today, the things that we're so unsure of, the things that we are doubting about, we're able to find confidence in knowing that the Lord is our shepherd. Why? Because he makes me lie down in green pastures. Because he, he leads me beside still waters. Because he restores my soul. The poetic words of David, who authored Psalm 23, not only give us the words in our minds, but it speaks to our hearts. It's able to communicate truths about who God is and speak deeply into our souls. David was somebody, a poet, a musician who was very in tune with his emotions and his feelings. But he was also rich in imagination. And he gives a clear, vivid picture about who we are in relationship to God, our shepherd. So today we're going to focus on the first part of verse 3. He restores my soul. Here, David is saying, God is providential. And through his grace and his mercy, he does provide for our physical and outward needs. But when we look closely at the text, David is saying so much more than that. He's saying that God is deeply personal, that he doesn't just take care of our physical needs, but he takes care of our inward needs as well. Here, David is saying that the Lord is in a relationship with him. The Lord is intimate with him. David is saying that God knows the innermost, deepest and darkest and broken areas of his life. He doesn't just know them but he restores them. So today we're going to look at three points about the restoration that David is referring to here. First, what is restoration? Second, why do we need it? 
Third, how do we get it? What is restoration? Why do we need it? How do we get it? First point, what is restoration? What is the restoration that David is talking about here in Psalm 23? In the beginning of verse 3, David uses four simple but powerful words in describing his relationship with with God. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. And in order for us to truly understand the restoration that David is talking about here in Psalm 23, we have to look at the thing, the restoration that David is not referring to. David refers to the Lord God as his shepherd. David is saying that his relationship with the Lord is an intimate one. It's a personal one. While God is all-powerful and in control of all things, he's deeply personal. He's not distant and just a powerful being who stands aside from our lives and is separate from our sufferings. But here in verse 3, David is describing a God who is not only powerful and not only in control, but David is, is describing a God who gets in with us, who's intimate with us. David experienced tremendous hardship and suffering in his life. From a young boy, he was often overlooked by his brothers and his father. He was trying to, he was almost killed by King Saul and on the run. He was almost even murdered by his own son who tried to overthrow him as king of Israel. And even in David's hardship and suffering, he wasn't just trusting in God to bring him out of the bad situation. He wasn't saying the Lord is my shepherd just because he takes me out of difficulties in my life. He didn't call God as his shepherd to just run away from his hardship and his suffering. Rather, David's trust in the Lord was rooted in the fact that he was in a relationship with him. The Lord knew David. When we think about our understanding of restoration, we we look at all the brokenness in our lives today, We see broken systems, broken institutions, and we try to come up with methods of how to fix the problems that exist in our world. We often think that restoration is just fixing something that's broken or rebuilding something that no longer functions, repairing something that is broken in order that it could be used again. But it means so much more than that. The literal translation of the word restore in the Hebrew actually means to turn or to return. Uh, More specifically, it means to bring back to life. And the word soul actually means breathed life or life that has been given by a divine breath. Here in verse 3, David is actually saying that true restoration is the shepherd bringing him back and leading him back to the life that he was originally intended for. In Genesis 2, we see the story of the creation of man and God, God formed man from the dust on the ground and God breathed into it, giving man life. He shaped him. He formed him. And God created man in the Garden of Eden to work and keep the ground and be in a relationship with him in full harmony, and in in true peace. But we see in the following chapter, the relationship between God and man, Adam, the first man, 
who was the representative of all of mankind, was completely broken. Adam had disobeyed God and rebelled against him. And because of his disobedience and because of his rebellion, we see sin and death enter into our world. And a cosmic brokenness is present here and now. Restoration is not just a a temporary fix or a quick repair of uh, the broken circumstances in our lives today. It's not just a band-aid to cover the pain in our hardships and in our suffering. It's far more than that. God is deeply personal. And he doesn't just care about the outward needs, but he cares about our inward needs. And God is bringing us back to the life that we were originally intended for originally designed for, to be in deep, intimate, and harmonious relationship with him. David's saying here in verse 3 that the Lord is my shepherd, he's my comforter, he's my protector, he's my creator, and he's bringing me back to the life that he wanted for me, to be in relationship with me. True restoration of our souls, give us the peace and the rest that our souls long for and search for, especially in the times of darkness and suffering. The peace that comes from true restoration is an eternal peace. It's not a temporary one. It's not a fleeting one. But one that is ingrained in the deepest part of our souls and comforts us in our darkest moments. True restoration is building the life that we were originally intended for and being in relationship with our shepherd. That leads us to our second point. Why do we need it? Why do we need restoration that David is describing? Here, David tells an illustration of a shepherd inherently saying that I am a sheep. And when we think about sheep, sheep are weak. Sheep often don't know what's best for them. In fact, they're lost. Simply put, we need restoration because we don't live the life that God originally intended for us to live. Our relationship with God, our shepherd, it takes a backseat in our lives. And we don't trust that our shepherd is for us or is enough for us. We're constantly looking for the outward things in our life, looking to have it restore our inward souls. And the unsettling feeling of discontent and discomfort causes us to just pursue and chase after those things. We trust in the lie that we can find peace and resolve from the things that were never intended to give us peace and resolve. Think about it for a moment. What are the things that you look to in your life to restore your soul. We trust in the outer things of this world to fix the inner brokenness in our lives. That's why we work. That's why we sacrifice. That's why we are so fixated on our careers and our relationships, our status, our reputation. We say to ourselves, if I have the right career, if I have the right relationships, if I achieve higher status, then, then I'll be respected. Then I'll be approved. I'll be validated. I'll be at peace. I'll be restored. We're more impacted and influenced 
by what others say about us than who God says about, that we are in him. If I could just have the things that my heart desires, my soul will be at peace. But as image bearers of God, our hearts long for something much more greater and something much more better than what the world has to offer. We're constantly working and toiling for these things in our outward and physical lives, and we think it will give us peace and rest in our souls. But all it actually does is take away from the peace and take away from the rest. But the more we try to consume these things that are apart from God, the more our souls are consumed by these things. We're left restless. We're left uneasy. We're left with no peace. And when the love of our lives are threatened, we become overwhelmed with anxiety. These things that we love, these things that our hearts are gripped by, you can't take that away. Friends, a lot of the loves in our lives aren't actually inherently bad. These are actually good things. Things like our friendships, our relationships, our careers. The problem with them is that when we make them ultimate things, it actually moves us further away from God. These things are good. They actually reflect God's goodness. But when the reflection becomes more important and more loved than the one who is actually reflecting them. That's sin. That's idolatry. We're constantly building for ourselves, looking to grow and expand our opportunities so that we can have more joy, more freedom, more peace. But that that leaves our souls completely restless. Because we trust in the lie that these things are sufficient for our souls, we actually lose out on these things. We lose out on our joy. We lose out on our freedom. We lose out on our peace. Whenever we think we can find a peace from our outward and physical lives, our inner souls will always be at turmoil. We'll never be at rest. With all the brokenness in our world today, It's crucial to remember that true restoration comes from the Lord who is our shepherd, not from worldly things that leave us empty and tired and restless. Not even temporary fixes in our hardships and our suffering will be enough to give us true peace. Some of us are going through extreme hardship and suffering right now. A lot of us lost jobs. A lot of us have sick family members. We even lost some family members. There is nothing in this world that can comfort you in the way that our shepherd, the Lord, can. He's constantly reminding you to come near to him, that the thing that you are looking for the most is intimacy. It's peace, it's content, it's rest. We can only find that in our good shepherd. Our lives and our souls are in desperate need of this restoration that David is talking about here in Psalm 23. We're not just broken 
We're just not in need to be fixed, but our souls and our lives are dead. In Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says that we are dead in our sins and our trespasses. Friends, we can't look for dead things to give us life. We have to give, we have to look at the one who gives true life, the one who created life. Why do we need restoration? It's because we don't live the lives that we're intended to live. But God does something amazing and he brings us in, gives us access and restores our souls by being in deep and intimate relationship with us. How do we get it? How do we get this restoration that David is talking about here in the text? How does God restore our souls inwardly In the beginning of Psalm 23, David, who was a shepherd, identifies himself as a sheep, referring to the Lord as his shepherd. Now, why would David do that? David was a warrior. He was a leader. He was a king who ruled an entire nation. But David was broken. David was a sinner. David was weak. He was lost. David knew that even with all the successes in his life, all of his talents and his gifts and his skills, they were never enough. He needed a good shepherd to lead him and to comfort him and to restore his soul. In John chapter 10, Jesus is in a crowd teaching people and he says to the people, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He's saying, me, God, the son of God, I am the good shepherd, and yet I will give up my life for my sheep. Why? So that in, in return, my sheep would be given life and that they would be restored. Look at the humility in Jesus. Look at the care, the kindness, and the compassion of Jesus. Even though Jesus is the good shepherd, the one who leads us and tends to his flock while caring for them and protecting them. He says, I will lay down my life. And in the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was casted out from the flock. He was alone away from his disciples. And he prayed to the father, but he didn't get a response. And his soul was in anguish. His soul wasn't being restored. His soul was being torn apart. That was a reflection of what he was about to experience on the cross. One thing that blows my mind every time I think about the gospel is that Jesus never had to go on the cross. He chose to. I think that says a lot about his love and his kindness and his character, his sacrifice, And on the cross, Jesus would ultimately experience the worst type of suffering. He experienced the worst type of sorrow. His soul and his life was being, not being restored, but his soul and his life was being torn apart. And on the cross, there was no peace. And he experienced the ultimate injustice. He had completely been shut out of God's love and God's presence. He was left completely alone separated from his disciples, his family, his friends, his followers, 
But worst of all, he was completely shut out by God. Jesus, who was the good shepherd, became the sheep and became the slaughtered innocent lamb. God the Son, the Father, and God the Holy Spirit our triune God that was in perfect relationship with each other was completely ripped apart. Why? So that you and me can find the intimacy that our souls long for with God. Jesus gave up his life for his sheep, me and you, so that we could be given new life through faith in him and be intimate with him and be in relationship with him. Stop looking for the things in this world outside of God, apart from God, to bring you peace, to bring you joy, to restore your soul. True restoration is found by letting go of these things. It's trusting in Jesus and his completed work to restore you. Friends, I know we're living in a crazy time right now. Oftentimes we're wondering when we can go back to our old normal. We're looking for outside fixes to bring us the peace in our souls. Friends, uh, a cure or a vaccine for COVID-19 will not cure the disease of sin in your hearts. You've got to stop looking for things apart from God to do things that only God can do. True restoration begins with God and it begins with the individual relationship with him. That allows us to be the salt and the light of the world that Jesus has called us to be. The salt, to be in the things that are decaying in this world. The light, to shine on the darkness and the brokenness that exists. We can begin to look and work towards true restoration with others once we see and we submit to the restoration that God has given us. Let's pray.